Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. I'm here today with Carolyn Rose, who is our nursing director, and we're going to be talking about the upcoming flu season, everything you need to know about it. But before we get into that, we're also going to do just a short update on the nursing department. So Carolyn, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks, Derek. So there's been a few changes in the nursing department since we last chatted. Oh, it's been, I think, a year and a half ago. Why don't you tell us about some of the new faces we have around and give us a little download. So we have Penzi, who is our new front desk person. Actually, she's not new, but she is now full-time. And she just completed the certified medical interpreter training. And then Paige is our other new front desk person and she is wonderful as well. So both of them are doing really good and they've been here for um, quite a few months now. Our next um, new addition is Erin and she is our new nurse. We actually worked it so that we could get a full-time nurse on board and she has been orienting with the other two nurses and is doing really well, just about to take off on her own. Perfect, so getting into flu season then, now that we know we've got this awesome staff on hand to help everybody out. Why don't you give us the 101 on flu? When does the season start? Why does it start this time of year? How long does it typically last? Um, What type of influenza is out there and other things like that? Okay, first of all, there is no predictability to the flu. (laughs) It is. That kind of covers everything, I guess, right? (laughs) That's right. From flu vaccine all the way through the illness. Typically, we don't start seeing flu until about January, late December and January. However, we have seen it start in November. We've seen it um, in June. But typically, it is starts January, February, March during the colder months of the year. And it usually only lasts about three months, three to four months. Well, we might see sporadic cases here and there, but the bulk of it is, is usually that long. The types of influenza we see are A and B. Those are the two, there's only A and B flus. There's a lot of other flus out there. However, A and B are the only ones that we test for and the only ones we vaccinate for. Years can differ. Last year, we saw a lot of Bs at the beginning of the season and then it went to A's at the end of the season. It spreads through coughing, sneezing of people who have the flu to other people who are normally well. What are some of the other types of flu that we don't talk about or that we don't really deal with on a regular basis? There was the H1N1 scare a few years ago, but like the Spanish flu and things like that. Some of the less common ones out there that we don't typically associate with flu season, but kind of pose a greater threat even though they're not a yearly occurrence. Well, we can't predict those either. So it's it's a type of strain that is not a normal type of strain and typically is not included in the influenza vaccine that we receive every year. It's not predictable. Um, however, some, some um, flu viruses out there 
for whatever reason, become really severe and cause a lot of illness, hospitalization, and death. As in the Spanish flu, the H1N1 flu actually um, did not, it caused a lot of illness, but it did not cause a lot of death as we had thought it was at the beginning of that pandemic outbreak. We talked a little bit before we started recording that the flu outlook, it's kind of like predicting what kind of winter we're going to have, right? Right. So we can talk about predictions and they may or may not come true. So kind of skipping over that then, let's talk about whether it's a good or bad flu season, some of the things that people can do. And the number one thing, of course, is vaccinating, right? Yes, along with hand washing, both of those things. The vaccine does differ from year to year, typically. And this year, there was a little bit of changes in the two A types of of viruses and no change to the B types. What does that mean for us? Um, Hopefully the scientists have made um, a good guess and an estimate of which which, um, strain is going to be the worst for the year and they include that in the vaccine. So there are four viruses contained in that vaccine. Hopefully they hit it right. There are have been occasions in the past where it wasn't really working as well as what the scientists had hoped. And that's just because there are sometimes are minute slight changes in the virus that cause it not to be as, that cause the vaccine then not to be as effective against those viruses. Okay. So I have a couple questions on that. The first one is, can you give us a short rundown on the history of the flu vaccine? And then two, Describe some of the, the the methodology behind how the scientists determine what to put in the vaccines. So kind of a high-level, non-medical, non-technical uh, definition. Well, the flu vaccine has been out for many, many, many years. And it used to be a live vaccine. And now it is a what we call a killed vaccine, which just means that it tricks your body into developing antibodies to prevent the flu viruses from attacking you and causing you a lot of symptoms, causing you hospitalization, causing some people to die. How they differ year to year is a really good question. They really just look at previous years and they study the virus to see if there's been any changes to the virus on a cellular level, sometimes on a little bit broader level. And so the scientists study that and that's how they come up with making the vaccine for the year. My, I think a good question then, you talked about the difference between how the vaccine used to be a live vaccine and now it's not. So one of the big myths out there, can you get sick from getting a flu shot? No, you cannot get sick from getting the flu shot. And I know some people will swear that they got the flu from the flu shot. What actually happens is there are so many different cold and flu viruses out there now and continuing into the colder season. And the vaccine takes seven to 10 days to become effective. So if you have been exposed to a flu virus or a cold virus of some sort, right around when you get the flu shot, then that's when people say that they got it from the vaccine when actually they didn't. They just were exposed at the right time in the right place and came up with the right symptoms. The stars just kind of aligned for them to get the flu apparently, right? Yes. 
we talked about this when we did the episode on immunization, but the analogy I kind of compared it to is wearing your seatbelt. You know, you when people are like, well, why should I get the flu shot? I might not get sick anyway. Well, the same thing as wearing your seatbelt. You might be driving and go along and never need a seatbelt, but if it comes to the time when you do need it and you don't have it, you're going to wish that you had it, right? That's true. And there's one other important thing there. So, you know, there are so many people living longer and so many people with chronic illnesses and in Utah, so many babies that if we get a flu shot, we can protect them. So we still may get a mild form of the flu, but we aren't going to pass it on to babies who they actually can start getting a flu shot at age six months. But we're helping to protect them because their immunity is so mature and they just can't do it themselves. Other people are the elderly whose immune systems don't work as good as the rest of us. And people with chronic health conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, um, lung problems who already have a compromised immune system due to those diseases. And they should get the flu shot, and most of them do. However, if we can help to protect them from, from us giving it to them, then I think that that's a good thing, and that's what we really need to think about. Influenza causes the majority of hospitalizations and deaths in the communicable disease realm. I feel like we talk about this a lot in public health, but it goes back to someone doing something saying, well, why does it matter? It's only hurting me. And people might think that with the flu shot, but from what you've just told us, you're protecting a lot of people around you that don't have the opportunity to take the shot as well as protecting yourself, right? That's correct, right? And that's that's what the really important part about this is. Most of us can fight off the flu if we get it, but you know, you have to think about everybody around you. And and as I said before, we're living longer. There's people with chronic diseases that are living longer. Most of us know somebody who has had cancer recently or is in the process of cancer treatment treatments, they are especially vulnerable. So aside from getting the vaccination, we talked about hand washing. What are some other things you can do to help your odds of not getting the flu or just to maybe prevent the severity of the flu if you do get it? Well, washing hands is really important. Sneezing or coughing um, into your arm instead of just with no coverage of your mouth at all. Even your hand is better than nothing at all. Staying home when you're sick if you can at all possible, stay home when you are ill. That decreases your chance of giving it to everybody else. And that includes, you know, getting into the holidays where there's a lot of parties and get-togethers. If you're sick, you don't really want to share that. You'd rather share some really tasty food dish than, than share your flu with other people. And there's typically babies, elderly people who have chronic illnesses at at these types of parties and get-togethers. So stay away from them. People will thank you for staying home instead of sharing your disease. If you do get the flu, what are some best practices, kind of common sense things you can do, maybe versus some old wives' tales that we've heard about how to get over the flu or make yourself better? Um, if you come down with the flu, and, and typically the difference between the flu and a common cold is that the flu will, you'll wake up and it'll be like, oh my gosh, I feel terrible. Um, you can go to your doctor and you can, if he, he or she agrees, they will give you an antiviral medicine that may help to lessen the severity and the length of the illness. Other than that, rest, a lot of fluids, 
Tylenol or, or whatever you take for a headache to, um, for any uncomfortableness or any fever that you might have. That's about it. It's just a matter. It just takes time. I feel like every year we hear in the news, and they're good at sometimes scaring people a little bit, but I feel like we hear stories about someone who out of the blue gets the flu and then they end up passing away from the flu. And in a lot of times the narrative is, well, this person was fine two days ago and they felt like they were getting a cold or getting sick and then the next day they're in the hospital and then the next day they've deceased. So what are when should we know if it's serious enough to go to the doctor or the hospital versus when we just need to stay at home and rest? That's a good question. And it's pretty individualized. There's nothing that I can tell you that is set in stone about when you should see the doctor. I would say if it's an infant or a young child, I would go to the doctor then. Everybody kind of knows their own body and and moms and dads know their kids to know when something is really wrong and they take them in. If you really feel that bad, you need to go be seen and don't don't wait, you know, and even if the doctor tells you, well, this is a common cold, that's fine. But at least, you know, right? at least, you know, and at least you've been seen. The big important thing that ties it all in now, we've talked about the flu, the importance of getting a vaccine. So where can people go to get a vaccine if they want it from our talented and highly qualified and professional staff at one of our health department offices? In the Camas and Colville clinics, they have flu clinics every Tuesday. And if you call in, on uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, make sure there's a nurse there to give it to you. They'd be happy to give it to you. Uh, in Park City, the flu shot clinics are every Wednesday from 9 to 11 and 1 to 4. It's same with the other days. Call and make sure that there isn't um, another clinic going on and that a nurse is available to give you your shot. We do um, do quite a few clinics out in the community for employers, so there's not always a nurse in the office and that's why you need to call. The other thing I wanted to mention too is that there are uh, pharmacies in the area that you can also get a flu shot at and we're not picky. As long as you're getting your flu shot, we really don't care where you're getting it from, right? That's true. That's very true. There are so many places, especially on the west side of the county, that you can go and get your flu shot or if you're in Salt Lake, please just go get it and they will bill your insurance the same as we will. Wrapping everything up, what's the single most important takeaway you want people to know about the flu? It's bad. You'll know you have the flu when, you, when your hair hurts. Get your vaccine, wash your hands a lot, and stay at home when you're sick. Perfect. Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks, Derek. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County. 